Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Saturday, May 4th, and we're talking Ford and GM earnings. I'm your host, Nick Seipel, and today I'm joined by Molly Fool, Senior Auto Analyst, John Rosevere of iSkype. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well, Nick. How are you? I'm doing good. May the 4th be with you. Um, Indeed. <laughs> so, you know, uh, since we had you uh, in the studio already, we did our Tesla podcast on Thursday. We thought we'd go ahead and kind of pre-record a bonus episode because we got Ford and GM earnings, and I know you, you follow these companies very closely. So I want to kind of hit these pretty quickly uh, for our listeners, so they can they can kind of know uh, know your thoughts. So first, I want to go into Ford. So Ford reported earnings, I believe it was last week, uh, adjusted operating profit up twelve percent to two point four billion. Adjusted EPS, $0.44, cents beat consensus estimates of $0.27. Cents. They're ramping investments in autonomous vehicles and mobility. What are your responses? Uh, what, what should we be looking at from this earnings report, and uh, how should investors feel about it? Well, okay, to back up a little bit and, and set the context here, I mean, Ford uh, CEO Jim Hackett, uh, who came in a couple years ago, has been working on uh, – Improving Ford's fitness, meaning its global profitability, as well as its ability to respond to changing trends and trade and things in the marketplace quickly and nimbly, uh, but also a, a global what they call a redesign of the business. Which and they Ford folks use that word uh, to distinguish it from just an ordinary restructuring. You know, we're not just going through and cutting ten percent or something like that. We're really rethinking what we're doing here. And for a long time, it wasn't clear where he was going with that and what that really meant. And Ford stock kind of stumbled and languished, as we saw. And more recently, they've started saying, OK, here is what we're doing. And here is how we expect it to play out. And in the first quarter, we said, all right, you know, we've got a lot of work left to do. But here now you can see a little bit of progress that we've made here where, yeah, our, our you know, our wholesale shipments were down 14 uh, percent, but our adjusted EBIT was up. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And and you know net income did well and was down a bit because of some special items. But um, you know, looking underneath the special items, which were mostly restructuring charges, uh, you know, they, they did a, they did okay, and they did more okay than than people expected. I mean, the EBIT margin in North America was eight point seven percent. That's a widely watched number, uh, which is often interpreted as how profitable are the trucks. And you know, as you as you get rid of things like Fiestas and Focuses, which have very thin margins, uh, the profits on everything else look a little better. You know, we'd love to see the EBIT margin in the ten percent range in North America long term. Uh, I think we will, but right now we're in uh, you know a very late stage market where uh, rivals have boosted incentives on pickups, where Ford is in the process of renewing its crossovers and SUV lineup, uh, which matters a lot. Uh, you know, they're they're rolling out. Just in, in the first quarter, they were just starting to roll out the new Explorer. The new Escape comes later this year. Those are huge, huge, uh, hugely selling products. I mean, the numbers are very big, and the profits are very significant. The profits on the new models will be better than on these old models uh, because as vehicles age, you have to discount them more to sell them. Uh, that's just how the business works, and and and. And they're putting more emphasis on their commercial vehicles, their transit vans. Uh, overseas, the Ranger is also considered a commercial vehicle, so that as well. And those are, those are, I think, investors who are new to autos hear fleet sales and go, oh, God, fleet sales are low margin. Yes and no. The fleet sales that are low margin are the sales to rental car fleets. Commercial vehicle sales are actually quite profitable. They're, they're good business. It's business that Ford uh, is a leader in in the U.S. and Europe and, and that, that Ford – 
fights to get more of. Uh, you know, it's good profitable business to sell 200 pickup trucks to Comcast. It's good profitable business to sell 300 delivery vans to whoever. Uh, th this is this is good mar profitable margin enhancing business, and Ford has. Uh, well-respected products, and and this is another area where they're investing more money and effort, and that is also helping margins, not just in the U.S. Um, you know, North America, they earned 2.2 billion before taxes. Uh, that was up 270 million from a year ago. Uh, they lost a little more in South America than they did in the first quarter last year, but they showed strong uh, uh, cost improvements. Um, they're fighting inflation particularly in Argentina, which is a big market for them. Uh, they're doing some restructuring down there. They're closing a heavy truck factory that, that has not been sufficiently profitable. Uh, they turned a profit in Europe uh, after some big losses last year. They earned 57 million. It's not much, but it's more progress than anybody expected. Uh, they lost 128 million in China, uh, which is a significant loss, but it's a lot less than anybody expected, et cetera, et cetera. It's incremental progress. The, the, the takeaway with Ford is they showed incremental progress that, yeah, okay, um, rolling out new products is helping, uh, de-emphasizing sales of low-margin hatchbacks is helping, and and cutting costs and, and streamlining the organization is helping. And, and I, it, it was a big sort of... I think Wall Street looked at this and said, okay, all right, now we see where Ford is going and that this stuff is working. And the stock has been up nicely. The stock was up like 10% the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it got a big pop uh, following earnings. Uh, the other the other thing uh, that's been significant about Ford, we got news in the past week, is that Ford is going to invest $500 million in electric uh, vehicle developer Rivian. I know they've been developing an electric truck, electric SUV. Uh, they're going to partner with Rivian on an all-new battery electric vehicle using Rivian's skateboard platform as kind of the, the foundation of, of their vehicle. As you see Ford making this new investment in Rivian, how does that fit into their strategy? And uh, how significant is this for the business and for Rivian, uh, for that matter? Uh, it's a somewhat big deal for both sides. Uh, I think on some level, uh, this is Ford looking at a potential threat and turning them into a partner. Uh, and I think on Rivian, Rivian, um, Rivian is determined to show that it's not Tesla. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, they're based in Michigan. They do have, uh, you know, offices out, out in Silicon Valley, but, but they've made a point of being based in Michigan and building relationships with the existing auto industry as if to say, you know, we know we're a vehicle company, you know, we're, we're producing a different cutting edge kind of vehicle, but we know we're a vehicle company. We're going to do business with the industry suppliers. We're going to buy the good seats. We're going to, you know, do this and that. And for them, a, a relationship with Ford, uh, at the point where the Rivian guys are sitting around and going, holy crap, how do we get our vehicles into production? Uh, you know, having Joe Henricks from Ford, who is, who is frankly one of the world's expert on mass producing vehicles cost effectively. Uh, he, he, you know, you look at all the money they're making on the F, on the F series trucks at Ford. Joe Henricks has a lot to do with that and his team. Uh, he's joining Rivian's board for Rivian. That's huge. Now they have a real legit, honest to goodness, uh, pickup truck mass producing expert on their board, <laughs> you know, somebody who can really help them do this. Uh, for Ford, it's, it's okay. We get a look at a different technology. It's maybe this becomes a more significant thing in time. Um, it's, 
you know, if Rivian is stealing sales with us, at least we're making some money off the sales because we own a piece of Rivian. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it, it, and it's it's it, it, like it, it turns a potential threat into a partner really early on. Uh, Rivian's uh, the, their show vehicles are impressive. The designs are impressive. Uh, they do own uh, a factory in Indiana, I think. Uh, which I believe was an old Mitsubishi factory that they bought. Um, so they have the space. Uh, obviously, they don't have the tooling or anything like that in place yet. They're they're hoping to get uh, Job One, uh, the first saleable vehicles off the line by the end of 2020. So the horizon here is 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 fairly long, but still somewhat aggressive. And clearly, to me anyway, Rivian was at the point of thinking about okay. We need some help getting our trucks into production, and and this seems like uh, R.J. Scaringe, the 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 very bright CEO of Rivian, and Bill Ford sort of developed a rapport. Bill Ford is the executive chairman of Ford, of course. He's he's the uh, I believe the great grandson of Henry Ford. Um, it sounds like they developed a rapport. I mean, Bill Ford has long been Ford's green voice. He's 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 you know the sustainability the the urban planning thing the reducing traffic jams reducing congestion reducing pollution reducing accidents and so forth he he's kind of the keeper of that flame at ford that's the role he's chosen for himself or one of the roles he's chosen for himself and so you know i i think rj scaringe and bill ford kind of developed a rapport and this deal came out of that 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 uh the rivian folks felt like okay ford is a company that gets us and we can work with them you know if we if we are going to need a relationship with one of the big legacy OEMs. Ford is a company that gets us. It's obviously a company that's deeply involved in the truck space, uh, a leader in the truck space, uh, but they can help us emerge into the truck space too. So I, I think for both sides, it's a good, my first take on this was, I think it's, I think it's a, a, an interesting good deal for both sides. And I'm, I'm still there with that. Yeah, to, to see you know the the leader in in you know gasoline powered trucks partnering with what appears to be the early leader in in uh, EV uh, uh, trucks uh, is well, really well, interesting. Well, okay, Ford's got a hybrid truck coming, and they've said they've started work on a fully electric F one hundred and fifty. So. Yep. Uh, Ford's going in the same direction. Uh, they may not be going. I mean. Rivian's truck is kind of a, a super truck, you know. It's it's price point starts at I think seventy thousand uh, dollars. It's it's fast. It's it's got a whole bunch of rugged off road hardware, and and I mean it's obviously designed to be um, a very premium product. And and I think Ford might look at that and say, okay, we come in underneath with the fifty thousand dollar F one hundred and fifty that has ninety eight percent of the capacity of the capabilities, um, and everybody makes money. You know, <laughs> so so uh, there's room for both here. Okay, yeah, John, and then quickly let's kind of go over or go over GM's numbers. Just you know, uh, quick you know uh, thoughts here. So their net income uh, moved up significantly to two point one billion dollar uh, forty one adjusted EPS beat consensus estimates of a dollar ten, but they did disappoint on revenue. Uh, as you look at this earnings report, what stands out to you? What should investors be paying attention to? Um. Well, the story at, at, at GM is somewhat like the story at Ford. I mean, there's been more clarity at GM about what they're doing, um, and and the, the moves have been less drastic. But uh, GM is in the midst of rolling out all new pickups. Uh, they had uh, crew cab versions out in the first quarter, uh, started production of the rest, I think, toward the end of March, so not a significant presence there. They're selling a mix of old and new trucks, and the new trucks, uh, they're making quite good money on them. The pricing has been strong despite some incentives that have been talked up. Uh, they're, they're, they're 
getting about $5,800 more per truck than they were on the outgoing model equivalents in the first quarter last year, which is, which is a significant gain and, and will flow to the bottom line. Uh, and, and GM has been really riding, uh, the line of new generation crossovers. It started rolling out a few years ago. The latest things are the Cadillac ST4, XT4, which is a compact premium crossover they launched last year and the Chevrolet Blazer, uh, which is a, 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 a larger five passenger crossover, uh, that came out a little while ago, um, and, and these have all helped boost margins because they're much nicer products than the old, older ones, uh, which means they sell at higher prices. And GM designed them for profitability, sort of streamlining the uh, order sheets to make them less complicated to manufacture. Uh, the other big part of the story here is that, uh, I mean, you may remember a few years ago that GM uh, spent $500 million to buy a stake in Lyft. And well, guess what? Lyft went public, and so they revalued it. And that, that uh, They're applying discounts uh, when they when they market on their when they revalue it on their on their um, on their balance sheet, but um, I mean that added about three hundred million dollars here, yeah. going public. So, <laughs> so 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 again, a similar similar stories we saw with Ford, uh, kind of kind of navigating uh, some of some of the the contraction in China, but but really you know seeing pickups uh, pick up in demand for their their new SUVs and, and crossovers that. Is really driving a higher margin, as well as new partnerships that are, that are that are really trying to uh, starting to help uh, the business. Uh, the other thing with GM is I mean, they're in a different spot from Ford in their product cycle. Uh, uh, CFO uh, Divya Surya Devara said that um, you know from an earnings perspective, the first quarter will probably be the worst of the year. Uh, because they had some significant downtime at the factory that makes their big SUVs. These are things like, um, you know, the Cadillac Escalade and, and, and the GMC uh, Yukon, the Chevy Tahoe and Suburban. Uh, these are super profitable products. And, uh, be, and as they roll the rest of their trucks onto the all new architecture that they developed for the Silverado and Sierra, the, the pickups that are already out there, uh, they will be rolling out all new SUVs at some point too. They had some downtime at the factory to start to do some of the work to make the next generation uh, products. So they lost some production, so they lost some sales. Uh, there is some planned downtime at their pickup factory that makes the heavy duty pickups, the 2,500 and 3,500 pickups, the, the big work trucks. Uh, those are next to come out. Um, but then in the third and fourth quarters, they expect those to be better than both the first and second quarters uh, as production of all these new products starts to hit its stride and, and the dealers have supplies of them and, and you know, a supply of the full line of all new pickups and, and so forth. And, and they're able to you know, sell more of these profitable products. Yeah, something to continue to watch. Uh, both these companies seem to be carrying out uh, you know, some, some strategies to bring down costs and move to more higher <laughs> margin vehicles that seem to be paying some dividends, something we'll continue to watch as things go forward. John, thanks again for coming on the show, and I look forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thanks for having me, Nick. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For John Rosevere, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. Fool on.